Welcome back to another episode of Nothing Rhymes with Orange. It is Patriots Week, and we are getting locked in to head over to New England. What the hell you would hire to get the band I'm sorry. I don't know. What's going on, bro? Watch, going towards the end zone, and it's caught by David Peoples-Jones. For the first time in 18 years, the Cleveland Browns are going to the playoffs. Yeah, uh, we, uh, we couldn't get anyone from uh, New England on this week because uh, you've done nothing but talk shit about Mac Jones for the last 10 months, so nobody's answering yeah, our calls. We're too busy defl- deflating footballs. It's... Uh, we're still on that. <laughs> he's, he's in uh, He's in, um, He's in. in. Uh, Tampa now. You can't put that on him. And then somebody else, didn't Brad Johnson just come out the other day and talk about how he deflated footballs too in the Super Bowl? Like it was no big deal. Yeah, it's probably not a big deal, to be honest. Probably not. I think that uh, we should uh, we should just hold, do this whole episode on and argue about the deflated footballs of the 2019 New England Patriots. That would probably make for a great podcast. Yeah, no, it wouldn't. Yeah. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Um, but yeah, so we have the Patriots this week. And we are going to break that down from our uh, vantage point um, as Browns fans because, you know, the show must go on. Um, but news out of Cleveland this week. Big news for some big dudes. Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Cleveland Guardians. The old guard and the new. Gardasil. Home of the guards. We are big 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 guard town, big guard town in Cleveland. Yes, our our uh, two um, interior linemen sound massive deals this week. Um, it, first, it was Wyatt Teller, the uh, kind of one of those contracts that you know we were expecting to have a lot of talk over the off season. So, kind of uh, fuck the Browns on that. They kind of took away a big talking point. We're gonna have to find something else to talk about now. Um, took away a lot of content, but you know that's fine. It's good to know that we got Wyatt under uh, under contract for another four years. Um, he's getting paid a uh, fifty six million big ones, dude. I think that's a uh, that's a lot of. Um, that's a lot of uh, deer hunting equipment, which he most definitely is jacked up about um, deer hunting season in Ohio. I think that was the main selling point to keep him here. What about you? Yeah. I mean, there's no gators in Ohio, so I'm not going to be hunting those, but. No, definitely know. not. No. Uh, what is, what is the largest reptile in Ohio? Oh, geez. I don't know. Probably something you could find it at like an exotic reptile pet store or something like that. You can probably get an iguana um, somewhere. An iguana in Ohio. You could buy one. They probably sell them at a pet store. Like there's down the road from me. Okay. Like I live in this neighborhood in Columbus. It's like, it goes from downtown, my neighborhood to then kind of sketchy, like all on the same. (laughs) Okay. Um, Right down the road from my house, probably, probably two miles down the road. There's an exotic reptile pet store. I bet I could find an iguana in there. Um, you know, Maybe, but the largest wild reptile in Ohio is the snapping turtle. Have you ever come across what? one of those? No. Yeah. No, luckily. Yeah, definitely don't. They are uh, take your finger off with one bite, dude. I've seen them on the golf course a couple times, but smack them on the golf cart. Just no, no. The only thing I've ever smacked with anything on a golf course is a goose. It absolutely shattered its <laughs> leg. 
because I'm obviously terrible at golf and just absolutely obliterated this goose's leg on a really low drive off the tee. Oh, you didn't do it on purpose? It flew in front of you? No, no. I felt so bad. Well, no, it's just, you know, a good golfer would have just hit it over the geese, but I am not. So it just went directly at the geese about 50 yards in front of me on like a line drive moving probably, you know, I don't know, hundred miles an hour at least, but I felt so bad, dude. I was like calling the house. I was like, or I was like calling the clubhouse. I was like, um, I think this goose is like severely injured. Like, do you guys do anything for that? And they're like, ah, coyote will get it. I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) ruthless out here (laughs) gosh very very sad but um but yeah that's that's um biggest biggest reptile in ohio is a snapping turtle um so and i would uh i don't i would love this as much as i'd love to see white teller uh pancake a snapping turtle let's just keep them away from that at all let's not do that at all costs but yeah, man. So uh, let's uh, before we get into the other guard, let's talk about uh, this and what it kind of means big picture moving forward. So this is a very heavily invested in offensive line, a lot of money. And the Browns have obviously, you know, demonstrated that that's where they want to put their money. That's important to them. Along with the running back, this is, you know, this is the MO of this team and they're going to build around it. Obviously that's where they're going to put their money. So I guess, there could potentially be an odd man out in this rotation, or do you think that there's just some other money that's going to have to come from somewhere to maybe rework a deal with our center, JC Treader? So my question is who and why is most likely to not be on the Browns next year? Is it the center JC Treader? Is it David Njoku? Or is it Jadavion Clowney? Least likely? These... It's it's probably Clowney is least likely. Okay. I, I think he's played it a, a well enough to go out and get another payday. Uh, I mean, there's still half the season left, so, you know, there's still plenty of time for that to change. But I think he's played well enough to go get another payday. And as much as I think the Browns would love to keep him, I don't know. Uh, I think Treader is, is kind of sneaky about you know maybe this might be his last year they have an out his contract he's getting up there <sighs> potentially potentially treader uh i think Njoku's getting extended though i don't think he's going anywhere um so i would say clowny treader and joku in likelihood interesting well they do a lot of people seem to think that our replacement for jc treader is already on the roster maybe potentially michael dunn or maybe even Blake Hans, who knows, but, um, there's Nick Harris too. Nick Harris didn't play well at guard as a rookie last year. And hasn't, he hasn't played at all this year. He's been hurt all this year. He's very tiny for an offensive lineman. So I don't know, um, Nick Harris potentially, but we'll see. And it's going to be really tough to get out of Austin Hooper's deal next year. Um, not impossible, but you know, if you were, if, you know, if he were to end up having a pretty good year and you maybe even try to trade him, you're still going to take a decent cap hit on that. Um, and then, like you said, Jadavian Clowney, I don't know if you're going to be with as much as pass rushers are valued in the NFL. I don't know if you're going to, if Clowney keeps having the year he's having, I don't know if you're going to be able to get him for $10 million again or anything like that. So that would definitely have to be a take a little less to, play with uh miles garrett or something like that but yeah i think you might might have that right especially if 
they're not going to invest a ton of money into the receiver position and kind of value that tight end position a little more. But, but yeah, hopefully we give them all. But this teller thing was like, I mean, I know some people are like, yeah, they've been working on a year. I didn't really hear that they had been working on it. So yeah. I kind of just assumed that they were going to try and weigh their options between, you know, their big three that they were going to have to pay this offseason between Baker and Denzel and, and teller and they weren't going to be able to do it all now it seems like you kind of took they for might be able to do that, it all yeah yeah because i think if you had to pick one if baker ended up having a de- if baker ends up having a decent year i think you kind of just assumed teller would be the one that they couldn't keep yeah i mean we have a lot of talk about analytics and positional value and I think positional value is at the window at this point, uh, or at least we need to adjust that lens of what positional value is because coming into the season, it's always like, oh yeah, linebacker, running back and guard. Those are the three that are just like, Bleh. you know, whatever. Well, he's paid a running back and he's paid two guards. So uh, Andrew Barry has, so I don't, I don't know about that. So, um, oh, by the way, Hooper's deal is actually much easier to get out of after June 1st of next year. So he could be traded after June 1st and you only eat 3.75 million instead of nine. So it's possible. Yeah. But I think they're going to be able to, to get deals done with all those guys they need to. I don't think they're going to rush on Baker. I would, I would have serious doubt that there's been any conversation at this point um, with Baker throughout this season. Uh, they're going to pay Ward. Ward's going to get his money. Like and he's probably going to get top of the market money. Um, again, he's PFF's fifth greatest player on the Browns this year, fifth highest grade player. He's played very well this year. We went over this last podcast. Uh, he misses games, so what? <laughs> so does so does Greg. Um, when you get a good corner, you, you pay a good corner, and they've they've had a good corner. He's been good for four years, so um, he's going to get it. He's going to get his. Uh, so the, I mean, <laughs> they've got a lot of mouths to feed, and Joku. Ward Baker. Uh, honestly, it's probably Ronnie Harrison who's probably played himself out of a contract. If they're if we're talking about a guy who's played himself out of a contract, we're we're probably looking at thirty three. Yeah, well, that's um, it's interesting. You and you know we're gonna have plenty of time to talk about Baker unless they sign him next freaking week. But the census around Cleveland is that it's getting done. You know, it's just a matter of when, not if, with Baker. But you know, Watch. we are we're kind of like. Why do you think, why do you feel, I mean, I feel the same way, but I want to, I want to hear you explain it. Why do you feel so differently than, because that's what other Browns fans are hearing. They're hearing these guys from, you know, the different websites that the different, you know, newspapers, like they're saying it's if not when, why do you think that it's, it's more of a, it is an if and not when, you know? I, I mean, I think it'll get done. I don't think it's going to be some groundbreaking top of the market deal like we were anticipating coming to the summer. Um, and it's not because he's taking a pay cut. It's because he, I mean, I don't think he's played that well. I mean, there's still plenty of time left. If he balls out the rest of the season, then yeah, he's probably going to get paid top of the market. Um, but I just genuinely don't think this front office is a front office that's going to rush to pay a quarterback if they don't have that solid evidence um, that this is the guy. Um so, I mean, Baker's, he played much better on Sunday. Uh, if he plays much better throughout the rest of the season, he's going to get paid. He's like, like, he's the guy, but he, I mean, he's still under contract for another year. So at this point, they don't, they don't have to rush anything. And look what Washington did with Kirk Cousins. They tagged him like three straight years. So like, <laughs> there's no rush with these things. And there shouldn't be when we're talking about guaranteed money that can, that can really bog down your franchise. Uh, 
for for years um to to get rid of so um i mean look at the panthers like <laughs> they just signed cam newton today for 10 million dollars for the rest of the year and that's because they cut a quarterback this offseason they had to pay him 17 million dollars in dead money then they gave up a second fourth and sixth for another quarterback and then opted into his guaranteed fifth year contract and now owe him 18.5 million dollars like it's obviously a little bit different i mean that's that's 35 million dollars that they're gonna have to pay like you, you just can't do this like make those sort of decisions when it comes to a, a, like a quarterback especially at that price tag and what it could do for your franchise long term i mean because now they owe yeah 35 million dollars in dead money to quarterbacks 10 million dollars to a quarterback for half of the season the rest of the way out this year and they still need a guy yeah so. i was about to say and none of them are good so <laughs> yeah it's it'd be one thing if you're like you found your guy and you know you have to eat the salary of a of the old guy for a year, but they have this. They still don't know who's going to be starting at quarterback in the future. Uh, they still might be in on Deshaun Watson for all we know. Right. Like that would be that would be insane. But yeah, you um, just to touch on that a little bit, Cam Newton back to the Panthers. Back, back, yeah, back to where it all started. It's like that that Thanos line from Endgame: "You could not live with your own failure." And where did that bring you? back to me <laughs> yep, yep the memes have been on point today they with have. cam newton stuff but uh yeah that's good stuff but um so yes you you brought it up briefly but betonio signs a three-year 48 million dollar hopefully he retires a brown um and uh like i said a lot of money in this offensive line do you think that there's any chance that stefanski is like behind closed doors talking to andrew barrios like hey Listen, just give me just give me what I need. The best pieces is to run my scheme. And honestly, whoever the hell is quarterback, it doesn't really matter to me. Like we don't that's not where we need to invest our big money. So and if that ends up being a smaller contract for Baker, not the groundbreaking uh, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson deal like that, that works or he's just like, hey, there's no rush on this. Like, just get me give me the guys that I need and we'll figure out the quarterback later. There's an element to that. Uh, I, I I think I would disagree that they, they that a quarterback isn't really important for them. Uh, I mean, I, they're going to have to push the ball down the field. Like, and Baker did that on Sunday, like three times. He hit down the field three times. Like, they wouldn't be long-term successful with Case Keenan. They wouldn't be long-term successful with the, with the Teddy Bridgewater. They wouldn't be long-term successful with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like. They're not just going to next year, like, all right, we got Nick Mullins. He's been here for a year. We don't want to pay Baker. Let's just start. To, like, it's not that sort of scheme. So you need a quarterback who can push the ball down the field. You need a quarterback who can who can do what you ask him to do. So I, I perhaps maybe, but no, they're still going to pay Baker his money if he earns his money. So I don't know. Lots of uh, lots of money to that needs to go around still. So we, you know, we keep saying that Andrew Barry's a wizard. So um, we will see how he maneuvers it now that he's got these two guards locked up for years to come. And that's awesome for Joel. I mean, the dude is, you know, he's the longest tenure Brown. He's made it through two full contracts. I can't can even fathom like other than like Joe Thomas, like a Brown in the last 20 years making it through tw- two contracts but um but he did it so that leads me to uh who are your top five this is inspired by joel petonia inspired by your, yes who are your top five browns of your lifetime Corey? of my lifetime 
So this took a lot of thought because in my lifetime, there have not been a lot of good bronze players. No. <laughs> so this took some time to come up with. Um, I will say right off the bat, this is probably going to aggravate a lot of people, but Josh Cribbs did not make my list. And that was very intentional because I think Josh Cribbs is the most overrated player in Browns history because he's a special teamer who couldn't do anything when he was asked to play offense. So that guy does not make my list. Sorry if you're listening, Josh, you're great. You were great at returning punts, kicks, hell of a player. You couldn't do anything offensively. Fight me. Uh, so no Josh Cribbs. So do okay, let's do, let's do five to one. Number five. Yeah, sorry, five. Number five, Nick Chubb. There's three active players. This is how bad this, this, the, the, in my lifetime, there have been that there's three active players <laughs> yeah. on this list for me. So it's five, tough. Nick Chubb. It's tough. My guy, Nick Chubb. Uh, I don't think I have to do any sort of analysis for that. It's, it's Nick Chubb. Four is our guy, Joel Petonio. I mean, if we're talking about my lifetime, he was drafted when, when, when we were, when I was in college. Like, yeah, it's been a while, dude. He's been here a while. Um, I mean, what can you ask for him? He's have a pro bowler. He's in a second contract. He's 30 years old and he's still, do you know him and Wyatt Teller are two of the top three guards in the league this year at this point? Like he's sturdy. Yeah, not surprised. Not surprised. He's just always dependable. Do you remember the year he almost like he offered to play left tackle because they had like Desmond Harrison and Greg Robinson on the roster. Like, oh yes. He was playing left tackle in some, uh, in some camp. Yeah. Yeah. It was not good. <laughs> no, like Joel Batonio is that dude. He is that dude. So that's, that's number four, number three, the all-time leading scorer in franchise history, Mr. Phil Dawson. Hey, we are at that point in our lifetime where our kicker <laughs> comes in at number third on the list, Phil Dawson. <laughs> he will be forever honored by the Dawson flag at the stadium. Number two, Miles Garrett. Easy. Easy money. Easy money on Miles Garrett, number two. He's about to break Clay Matthews' record in 150 less games. We went over this last podcast. It's it's absurd the track he's on. He might break the NFL's sack record this year. Miles Garrett is perhaps the most talented player to ever play for the Cleveland Browns. The most physically gifted player to ever play for the Cleveland Browns. I think um, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Number two. Number one, not a surprise to anybody. Joseph Thomas himself, future first ballot Hall of Famer. Next year he's eligible. Is it this summer he's eligible? Ah. Uh, he retired. He never played with Baker. So next year will be Baker's fifth year. So it will be his fifth year of retirement, but technically probably year four. So maybe the year after that, he's eligible. Yeah, dude, that's going to be quite the Coming ceremony. Up. Yeah. It's probably going to be the biggest. Ballot. That's probably be the biggest crowd they've ever had up in there in Canada. Oh, yeah. Everybody from Cleveland's coming down. Or up. Or up. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> Don't leave out all of Southern Ohio, Corey. Don't do that to that's us. True. <laughs> that's true. All right. My top five Browns of my lifetime number five actually i'm gonna go one to five okay number one <laughs> number one you said it joe thomas you've already said it he is the best best he might be the have the best career so far i think miles garrett could potentially pass him um if he stays on his trajectory but it's gonna be tough dude he might be the greatest left tackle of all time i think even if miles garrett it becomes a hall of famer he might not be considered the greatest defensive end of all time uh, Joe is absolutely just from the, from the fishing story to 
you know, playing his heart out that last year, like injured, obviously, like that was, he's the best. Um, Play for some really shitty teams and never got to see a playoff game, man. That's He had an out. He could have gone to Denver with Peyton Manning. Said they no offer thanks. first round pick. Yeah. No, thanks. Did. I'll yeah. stay in Cleveland. So he is one of us. One of us. Number two, Kenny Britt. This one really goes without saying. Um, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I like was half paying attention. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, the grit and uh, just the um, leadership that he kind of brought into that one year was undeniable. I feel like in, um it wasn't a very good team but you know he was he was like the Jarvis Landry of that era I feel like he was just <laughs> dependable um always there for the quarterback like and honestly the way really we kind of the young receivers in the room yeah man. dude the way we did him like we just did Odell just wasn't right doesn't sit right with me but um you know hopefully I hope that someday we can extend it all branch Kenny Britt and bring him back and retire his number um, but you know, I won't hold my breath. You know, some bridges are too burnt to re- be rebuilt. Uh, number three is Miles Garrett. He is the ever since I've been in into the Browns, this dude's been the best player. Um, he hit Mason Rudolph with a helmet. Um, he assaulted him. That was awesome. So, I mean, it's he's the best. Miles is the best. Um, number four, Brady Quinn didn't. Not the most accomplished Brown in the in the in our history, but he might be the best looking Brown that we've ever had. Um, he's definitely the most excited I've ever been for a Browns quarterback. Um, you know, he was just looked like he was absolutely sculpted out of a rock, and I was like, this guy's the next big thing. You know, all the all the Cleveland girls are falling over him. I got to see the split jersey when he played Ohio State. Um, it was just so much lore around this guy, and it just kind of flamed out over injuries. Feels so bad for him. Um, but and just you know, know, his arm was not good, not too. But hey, you know who else's arm isn't that good? Case Keenum, mine number yours. five on my list, Josh Rosen. <laughs> he didn't even play for the Browns, Josh Rosen. <laughs> And a 2018 article said that he is hesitant to declare for the draft for fear of going to the Cleveland Browns. So by not coming to the Cleveland Browns, he is, in fact, one of my favorite Cleveland Browns. Um, look who's laughing now, Josh. Look who's laughing now. Well, there we go. I think we nailed it. I think we did, too. Could have done much better. No, no. Mine was a little better than yours, but that's fine. Okay, we'll, I we'll highly disagree. Yeah, you know. All right. Well, that uh, enough uh, enough reminiscing on the on the past. Let's look to the future, and our future holds the New England, New England Patriots. Patriots. Should you just like uh, ask me questions about Patriots, and I'll answer like I think Bill Belichick would answer, and that can be our yeah. uh, interview. Or all right, hit me. Throw a question at me your rookie quarterback he's been playing pretty pretty well hasn't been asked to do too much what what kind of growth do you expect out of mac jones as the season continues uh well you know uh mac jones he's um you know he's a pretty good quarterback picked him 15th overall and um you know he just uh, he's just got to keep working hard and practice and uh doing what the what the coaches tell him to do and um, I think that he's going to be a really good player for us. And uh, we're looking forward to Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. 
Bill, some people might have some concerns about your responsibilities as a GM, you know, drafting two tight ends in the second round and then the year after spending so much money on the tight end position in free agency. Um, drafting a guy like Nikhil Harry in the first round, uh, even, you know, some might say even using the 15th overall pick on Mac Jones was a mistake. Kind of what do you say to those people who judge you as a general manager? I don't really see the relation between those two positions too much. You know, we have a tight end and then we have a receiver and we think that our scouting department does really well with both of those. And, um, you know, we've always been really good at, uh, finding players uh, off the street to come in and play. So we don't put a huge emphasis on the draft. And, um, you know, uh, those two players for us, we thought that they were uh, really good at the time. And uh, we have special special things that we ask of our players. And they didn't seem to uh, fit in with what we were doing here. So we brought in more players. And, you know, with these players don't fit in, we'll bring in more players after that. And, um, you know, there will always be more players, but as regards to Mac Jones, uh, you can go fuck yourself, Corey, because that's, that's just a low shot. All right, Bill, one, one last question for you here. Uh, we're going to take a trip back to, to the Super Bowl last year, you know, when or a couple of years ago, when all the rage was um, Robert Kraft taking some trips to some massage parlors. So my question is, have you ever taken a trip with, with Robert Kraft or have you ever participated with him? Well, uh, we've taken a lot of trips to the Super Bowl, Corey, but thank you for asking me that question. Uh, in regards to uh, Robert's personal matters, um, I think that uh, as a, a single man, he has every right to uh, uh, polish off himself in any manner that he chooses. He is a grown man, and I don't really like to speak for him in, on these kinds of matters, but you can direct that question uh, either to him or um, the young woman uh, from the parlor herself. But I'll just uh, leave it at that. And we're looking forward to the, the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. All right. So that was our interview with Bill Belichick, head coach of the New England Patriots. So now we'll welcome Riley back, who just happened to take a trip uh, to, to, to his refrigerator to grab another beverage as we were doing that interview. He missed the whole thing. So Riley, sorry I had to miss that. No, it's fine. I actually went to a massage parlor myself, and uh, believe it or not, I uh, only received a massage. Really confused how things work because, you know, you read on Twitter that uh, some other stuff goes down in there and, you know, pretty much just came in, got, so, got a little oil on the back, um, never got flipped over, um, pretty much just only only on the back. And then I, then I paid and left, kind of uh, really anticlimactic, honestly. No pun intended. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully uh, it's really cool that Bill gave us a couple minutes for, for our lowly little podcast we have here, but yeah. um, a little bit of his time. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, man, talk about this game now a little bit. Um, are you going to be able to uh, put your journalistic integrity on the line and talk about Mac Jones, you know, objectively, or is this just yeah. going to be a big smash session on him? No, we'll, we'll talk about Mac Jones objectively hundred percent. All right, well, let's talk about it. They're, um, they are a little banged up in the running back room. We'll see who plays for them. They are a big running team. Obviously, Mac Jones is extremely low in the air yards. You like to remind everybody of that. So I don't know if we have to worry about Mac Jones stretching the field too much this week. You never have to worry about that. <laughs> but um, where do you think that 
Um, you since you know Mac Jones' game so well, where do you think the Browns can attack him? Uh, I think they have to come up and 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 put pressure on the the New England wide receivers. So um, Joe Woods came out and said today, you know, like, oh yeah, you're right. We should I should probably be playing my corners close to the line of scrimmage. They did it last week against Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd last week. They can't do it against Nelson Aguilar, Nikhil Harry, like then okay come up punch him in the mouth make mac hold the ball a little bit longer close those windows and let your your edge rushers get home hopefully miles plays some big ifs right now with his foot but if miles plays uh you just have to to make mac hold the ball he's not elusive he can navigate the pocket well he's not going to extend plays outside super super often or super well so um and he's not going to push the ball down the field with with a ton of ton of frequency so i don't there's not a huge threat over the top and if there is okay you have grant delpit you have john johnson so they're both ranging cool so i think that's how you win uh make him hold the ball again their running backs are out um the browns are the fourth most efficient run stopping team in the nfl as it is anyway so if we're talking about running the ball and we're talking about a heavy dose of brandon bolden then what are we doing (laughs) like if we if, if we can't stop Brandon Bolden after being the, again, the fourth most efficient run stopping team in the league than that we deserved to lose the game. So uh, I would, I would stay back in nickel, come up, punch him in the face, go from there. Um, yeah. Uh, as far as Mac Jones, do you want me to give an objective look of Mac Jones right now? Do you want me to do this on this podcast? Cause I will. Is it going to be objective? But... Yeah, it is. All right. All right. All right. Hit it, hit it with us. All right. He is the, uh, 21st most efficient quarterback in the NFL. He is 21st in QBR. Um, his air yards are very low. Everything he's doing is like, okay, that's cool. He's not doing anything lethal. Like if Mac Jones were a color, he'd be pasty white. He'd be beige. Like it's not exciting. It's not thrilling. He's just like, it is what it is. Like, and we talked about this, this is the argument against Mac Jones versus Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. Is Mac Jones playing better football than those guys? I mean, I would argue that Justin Fields just had the, the most, the, the best rookie performance we've seen out of any of these guys on Sunday night or Monday night against Pittsburgh. But the argument is, yeah, Mac might be playing well right now, but next year he's going to still be right where we're sitting 20th across the board. And these guys are going to get better and be more exciting, more thrilling. They can make plays outside the pocket. They can use their legs. They have bigger arms. So it's like, yeah, if you want immediate success right now on a tight window, Mac Jones early on makes sense because he's going to be able to come in and he's going to be able to start. And he's probably going to, he's going to be able to at least operate your offense. What's Mac Jones going to be doing in year six. He's going to come in. He's going to be able to operate your offense, start day one. The ceiling is there. Like you, you took somebody at a cap ceiling. So uh, that's the argument against Mac Jones. And again, even this year, he's playing okay. Like he's, he's, he's doing what he needs to do. I mean, 10 touchdowns of seven interceptions is a fantastic ratio. He's, a, he's already, he's already looking like a, a good old game manager. So. <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean, he is, I mean, the Patriots are, four and five so i mean he is doing he's about playing like a middle of the road quarterback but you know you make some good points about uh 
you know, just being capped out because that's not what you want in a first round quarterback. You don't want a 15th best quarterback. You're trying to hit a home run. You're trying to get up in, in the top 10 with those elite guys that do the elite things. So that's where they, um, and again, I think Bill's only worried about for the next, what, three years. How long do we think Bill has? So if we say, you know, he's only worried about for the next two, three years, like, okay, he's makes inevitable. sense, makes sense to take forever. A, okay. <laughs> makes sense to take a guy who you're trying to capitalize on right now. Okay. That's fine. Feel sorry for Josh McDaniels, who apparently seems to be the coach in waiting because he's not leaving anytime soon or going anywhere. Um, but it's like, okay, this is this is just kind of is what it is. All right, well, let's flip over to the defense. And this is a good defense. This isn't the Cincinnati Bengals we're going to be playing this week. Um, you know, they're good against the run. Um, they've got uh, some good players on their back end, like J.C. Jackson. Um, he's got another five picks this, this year. It seems like he is – a ball magnet it's kind of a ball or yeah it's it's crazy how much he gets his hands on the ball so um definitely going to be a week that baker's going to have to look out for him take care of the ball but yeah where do you see um you know the if there is i mean it's bill belichick defense there's not usually a weakness but if there was going to be one on sunday where do you think it's going to be it's going to be on the ground um so looking at their their dvoa Again, I love football outsiders and their their efficiency metrics. Uh, they're the sixth best team against the pass defensively and 17th best against the run. So if you're going to find find success, it's going to be on the ground. So uh, let's hope Nick Chubb is able to play. Uh, um, if not, I mean, Deion Johnson took it to a pretty good ground team too defensively. So, um, but, you know, I think that's how it's going to be. But again, the Browns are going to have to, we talk about this all the time. You have to be able to pass the ball in order to run the ball. Like they, they talk about stopping the run on first and second down is, is like, that is what you need to do in order to have the privilege to rest the passer. But like in the NFL now, the other side of the ball is like, you got to get ahead, like on first and second down or they're coming after you. So um, you really, you really got to be able to hit those quick, efficient passes, which they were able to do last week. Um, and I suspect it'll be, it'll be fairly similar this week. Again, the defense backs they're facing are, are much better. Uh, Kyle Duggar coming downhill. Kyle Duggar is a, a really good safety in his second year. Um, but I think that that front seven can be exploited a little bit um, outside of Dante Hightower. I mean, Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins, Juwan Bentley, those guys don't really invoke any terror into me, into my. Jamie Collins doesn't. No, not at all. Um, but, you know, names like Matthew Judon does. So, um, and then their interior guys, Lawrence Guy, Christian Barmore, Dietrich Wise, those guys are, are pretty good. Um, get ahead of the chains. So that's how, I mean, we talk about it. I say that so many times. That's a drinking game for our listeners. Every time Corey says, we talk about it all the time. I say this a lot. <laughs> um, but we talk about it all the time. This team is traditionally not very good in third and six and longers. So, don't get in third and six and longers. <laughs> well, that's kind of the goal for this offense, but I mean, it's easier, obviously easier said than done. I mean, I think everybody would like to stay in front of the chains, but it just does seem to be like a knife in the chest for this team. If they can't do it, like it's, they can't pull themselves out of it. And we're also terrible at coming from behind. So you know, all that just kind of coincides together. So definitely need an early lead would be nice. Um, and then, you know, and DRS Johnson's cute. I couldn't fucking tell you who's playing behind him this week, but, um, Johnny Stanton. 
Apparently, Johnny Stan's going to get some carries this week. Nick Chubb and John Kelly are both looking. There's a hope that they can both play, which I don't even think John Kelly's technically on the active roster right now, although he might be with Hunt. No, I think he is because Green's out. And Felton, I haven't heard much on Felton. But uh, they also signed Dexter Williams to the practice squad as well, so they could always promote, which he was a Notre Dame running back from a couple of years ago. So they have guys. Uh, It's not ideal. So I hope Nick can play because the Ernest and Dexter Williams is, you know, not, not promising again, but we've seen Dearness and Dearness vision works exceptionally well in this outside zone, in this wide zone system. Um, he's got very good zone vision. Um, so I wouldn't be t- super worried about it uh, unless they have to pivot to, to more power, gap power, which you see them do with Kareem Hunt a lot um, and Nick Chubb, obviously, but um they run a lot, a lot of gap power with cream hunt. And they usually do that when, when zone's not working. So, um, but we'll see. Hopefully Nick at, can least, play. at least if Dexter Williams does have to play, you know, Bill Belichick hasn't probably done an extensive scouting uh, report on him. Well, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Luckily on the other side, we're probably getting branded bold. So very true. Very true. Fantasy pickup. If you need a running back this week. <laughs> Not uh, not exactly banking on a twenty point game out of him, but you know we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Um, Against the fourth, the fourth best run defense, no way. Yeah. So, anything else you want to say about these losers? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thought about that long and hard. <laughs> but all right, man. Well, let's get into it then. It's getting spicy in here. We've got a two-to-one game. Riley's making a comeback on his survivor pick. Justin Fields had a great game. Corey had it. I was praying. He almost had it. Corey was aroused. You know, you know, two minutes left in the fourth quarter, but he couldn't pull it off. The refs stole it away from him. And that leads to me getting one back on Corey. And he's only up one, folks. It is a game again. Rest easy. Hey, you Browns 54 saying that. I was going to have to drink that beer. Guess you were wrong, buddy. It's happening. Corey, how do you feel? You nervous? Even if I go one more, we're we're back to 0-0. So I still got got an edge. We're good. Well, I think that you are potentially on upset alert this week. So uh, go ahead. Tell the people who you're taking this week. Really? <laughs> sure about that? <laughs> I am taking I'm going with the Thursday night game. I'm going with the Thursday night game. So, listeners, tomorrow you'll know if I have lost or won. Going with the Thursday night game. I mean, the Dolphins that we've talked, they're a shit show. They're an absolute shit show. So, I'm going to bet against them right now and take one of the hotter teams in, in the NFL right now. And if this team is down, at halftime, they've been there four times before, and they've come back and won every single time. So I'm taking the Ravens over the Dolphins tonight. Going with Lamar. One of the hottest teams or one of the luckiest teams? We're going to find out tonight, baby, because Jacoby Brissett is coming to town. <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like the Dolphins are due for a win. They're trying to save their coach's job, dude. It's all on the line. Right? If they lose tonight, could Flores potentially be gone on Friday, on Black Friday? Pre-Black Friday, Black Friday. You know what? I think he's probably gone regardless. If you just look at some of the stuff he's doing. Uh, and also, Tua is questionable. I don't know which is better, if Tua plays or Tua doesn't play. But he's questionable. So, 
I don't think it matters. They both stink. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not great down there in Miami and South Florida. Uh, Oh, it's great. It's great in Miami. It's just not great with the dolphins. And they, 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 they don't have a first round pick this year. Yeah, they do. They have the 49ers. They do have the 49ers. You're right. Yes. But they have a, a worse first round pick because they traded the better first round pick to the Eagles to move up and take Jalen Waddle. Who's the Dolphins GM? I feel like he has not gotten Chris fired, Greer. and he should be fired. He, he should be fired. Yes, <laughs> yes, one hundred percent should be fired. Yes. Yeah. So, um, good luck with that. And by good luck, I mean I hope you lose. And um, I think everybody else feels the same way. I am going to take the Buffalo Bills over the Jets, humiliated by Jacksonville last week. You think they bounced down? Josh Allen looks to get his team back on track. The, or sorry, Joshua Allen looks to get his team on track as they take on the vaunted Mike White-led Jets. I'm going to be honest. The Mike White makes me a little nervous. I hope it's just, you know, it was a flash in the pan. Um, but uh, I definitely feel worse. I would, I would feel better if Zach Wilson was playing, which is really bad because, you know, he was the second overall pick in the draft. But, you know. Love and let lie, baby. But I'm taking the Bills. Circle in the wagons. Let's go, baby. Bills Mafia. Jump through a table. If the Bills beat the Jets, I might jump through a table. Might happen. I think it's a pretty, probably a pretty safe bet. I think you're probably looking pretty good there. So, oh, you know. I wish you, didn't t- I wish you would have taken him last week. Yeah, that would have been uh, glad I stayed off that. I don't know, man. I think I almost took I think, or did I? I don't know if I'm already taking the Bills. I've lost track of all the good teams I've taken. Urban Meyer just came in the back door and stole that one right out from under him. You know? Yeah. All right, dude. Well, give the people what they want. Who's winning this game on Sunday between your Cleveland Browns and the New England Patriots? This game, massive implications playoff-wise. Like, this this has a huge – either way, it's a huge percentage swing, but for the winner, one way or the other. Both five and four – Again, this is a game the Browns need to win. It's a big one. They're going to be well coached. They're going to come out and they're just going to win it. I'm going 31 17. So we're going to put it to them, huh? 31 17. 31 to 17. All right. Well, you know, I like I like your style. Um, I think you're right. I think that we are going to. Um, I, you know what? I, I think we're just going to come out and just sling the rock a little bit. That's what I think. I think that nice. they're going to come. Welcome surprise. I think Nick Chubb plays, um, that throws them for a loop. They're like, all right, we've, they got their stud running back, um, back this week and Nicholas Chubb, they're just going to probably just try to pound, pound the rock. But no, I think that, uh, Baker has a little, uh, he's feeling himself a little bit right now. He's feeling like he won this Odell thing. Um, and he just maybe, maybe, maybe three, maybe we can get over 300 yards this week. I'd like to see that. Is that, is that doable? You think, or what? No, (laughs) I think it's doable. I don't know if this is the week for it, but you know, I've, I've been wrong before. So surprisingly, no, not you. Uh, but yeah, the Patriots have not given up over 30 points all year. So I don't know. If 31 is the move, but there is a first time for everything. 31-17. Okay, they did give it up once to the Cowboys. I lied. But but that's it. They've uh, they've held some pretty good offenses like the Chargers, um, like the Bucks, um, the Saints. 
you know, they, they've held all these teams under 30 points. So the Browns will definitely – I don't think we're going to get that if we're going to just be running the whole game. So I think that we're going to have to air it out a little bit. And I'm going to take the Browns too. It's another – honestly, until we get comfortable in – I mean, it's stupid to say every game is a must-win must game, but when you're looking at these standings, um, you definitely don't want to fall behind more than a game because it's going to be, it's going to be tough to uh, to keep pace with these other teams who are um, got a little bit of easier matchups than we do because our back half of our schedule is not fun, my friend. Not fun. Not at all. Uh, Got to yeah, take them where you can get them. I'm gonna take the Browns too. Uh, maybe ooh. Patriots 12. <laughs> That's an odd score. <laughs> Brown 64. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Every Actually week. put them on them. 300 64, plus baby. Nick Chubb, 64, it better be more than 300 some yards. Donovan Peoples Jones, two touchdowns. Dexter Williams, four touchdowns. Let's go, baby. Make it happen. I would take it, obviously. I'm here for it. <laughs> we need to do. We just need to put it to him. Especially after Odell signed with the Rams. Like, fuck that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Might be time to make a trade for Odell in your fantasy league. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, so that's going to – let's uh, let's let's go out there and put it to him, Browns. All right. All right, as for us at Nothing Rhymes with Orange, we appreciate your continued support for us, guys. Um, it does not go unnoticed. Um, we hopefully uh, hopefully we're uh, giving you guys what you want. And if we're not, uh, leave us some feedback and a review. And maybe we'll uh, switch some things up. Tell us what you want to hear. Maybe we can make it happen. If you want to hear more uh, massage therapy stories, we can do some re- – I'll do some research on that. can report back to you guys. Um it's by proxy of playing both the Texans and the Patriots. There's been a lot of massage talk on this, this podcast. Yes, we are the number one massage podcast in America right now, I think. So got to be number one at something. <laughs> but yes, as for Corey, as Go for Browns. Riley, we will talk to you after the Browns kick the shit out of the fucking Patriots. <laughs>